Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to It's the only place you'll find the Sabres in overtime these days. It's Sabres Live Overtime. And when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo at the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. Self-service betting kiosks are available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, the Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens so you never miss a play. The sports book at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. Marty Baron, two things. We are putting the no in November. The Bills and Sabres have seven consecutive losses at this point in time when married together. And we are living in a Fallout Boy song. I paid $23 for a glass of wine, and now my hockey team can't win a game. What has happened? This is unexpected based on how October ended and the first game of November went against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I shouldn't create a song saying there's no such thing as moral victories and just play it all around the place, right? Because, they, they, you know, that that's kind of like what it is now uh, when yeah. you look at the Sabres as well. Okay, the last five games, which are all being lost, were against good teams, right? Boston, Carolina, Tampa, uh, Vegas, like four to five were against good teams. And you say, well, okay, they played pretty good against Carolina and Tampa and Boston, but are 0 for 5 in those games. And But there's no such thing as moral victory. You were sitting at 7-3 and three and looking at, wow, this is a great start after t- 10 games to now being 7-8 and eight and middling like to the bottom of the Atlantic. and Bottom third uh, of the NHL. Bottom third of the NHL, a game under 500 when there's a lot of extra points that are being one every night with overtime and shootout. The Sabres not able to do so. Uh, we talked about the problems St. Louis had not being able to get extra points when they lost eight in a row. Uh, well, Sabres are kind of in this stuck in the same pattern right now. And having lost five in a row uh, after the Boston loss on Saturday night. Hockey fights cancer, by the way. That's why I'm sporting my reverse retro cap of hope and my scarf. The scarf was free, the cap was a gift, and the gift will give forward to the community when it becomes available for sale November 23rd at the Sabre store and at Select Wegmans. So opportunity for that to uh, you know, shine on, if you will. But the facts are the facts. And you're right, and I'm glad you mentioned moral victories because what I was also going to suggest is I need to stop hearing <laughs> about players playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is not personal. This is not a scathing indictment. We can only deal with the window of time that we're in, and we can only deal with the facts. They are 0-5, which is the worst of any team in the league, unsurprisingly. They have 2.4 goals per game, which is 28th. They are giving up 4.8, which is the worst. Their power play is saving their butt. Yep. It blanked out against Boston, snapping a run of eight straight games with a goal, but it's still 13th in the league, but their penalty kill is 30th. It's crippling them. 15 goals against at five on five. That's the most in the NHL at this time. We can go on, and I will probably interject a few of these throughout, but dare I say the the numbers kind of add up to five straight losses. Okay, uh, so these are... Very easy numbers to comprehend, right? Last in goals against and very 
bottom in goals for. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you say, oh, well, what the analytics are showing? Because you know what? They played well against Carolina and Tampa and Ve- well, Ve- I didn't think they played well against Vegas, but some right. uh, even some players thought oh, it was not a bad game, right? Dave Thompson said that. I okay, maybe his point of view. I didn't think so. And Boston was was decent, but okay. In the last five games, at five on five. Buffalo's expected goals per game was 1.65. Goals per game expected at five on five in the last five games. Who's first in the league? That's 25th in the league, by the way. Who's first in the league? Vegas at 2.69. Vegas is a goal better than Buffalo in expected goals at five on five uh, scoring, right? Okay, well, let's flip it the other way. Well, maybe they're playing well defensively. That's why they say, hey, we're... We're playing good against good teams, okay? In the last five games, Buffalo is 29th in expected goals against at 5-on-5 at 2.44. The top team, the LA Kings, at 0.94. It's a goal and a half worse than the top team in those that, that same time frame. Mm-hmm. It's that There's no secret that if you're 29th in expected goals against at 5-on-5 and 25th in expected goals for at 5-on-5, Mm-hmm. maybe the power play can win you a game and the right. penalty kill can save you a game, but you're not going four and one in those five games. At right. best you're one and five. And at best it was possibly what the Arizona game that you may say, Hey, that was the one that you now you look at the expected goals. They out expected Arizona in that game. That was the only game out of the five that they nobody, nobody really them. liked how they created despite their puck possession in that game, right? Yeah, because it was too easy. It was trying to be, and this is the game where really in the last few games, I, I, I chart, well, I don't sport logic does the odd man rushes, right? Because sometimes it tells you how you want to play the game. How many odd men rush are you rushes? Are you given to the other team Mm -hmm. against Arizona? The Sabres had one odd man rush. Arizona at six. They were a minus five. The only other game where they were a minus in those that five game stretch was against Vegas, where they gave up 13. 13 on man rush. They had seven. Mm-hmm. They gave up 13. So those two games, I feel like the Sabres, they've said against Arizona, well, Don Granado said, we want an easy game. Against Vegas, we played at their game. We played in their hands, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in the end, like maybe you win a game out of the five because your power play saves you, but five on five, your numbers are bad. Right. And and just for a very basic measure of that, in the last five games, they have scored only five goals at five on five. <laughs> that is when the bulk of the game is played. And if that doesn't change, you're going to have star worthy performances from your netminders and still not come up with wins. That's just the reality of today's game. You have to score. That's why when the calendar turned to November and they had the big comeback win against Pittsburgh, the reason, you know, they were sitting there with the record that they had was because of their ability. Yes. To continue to ride Tage Thompson (laughs) and he's doing everything humanly possible, but there was balance. So Marty, what is like, I know we've got a lot of different questions pertaining to each position and which is most impactful in this losing streak, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring up some individuals just out of the sake of curiosity for your opinion here. Peyton Krebs is now goalless in 26 games. Mm-hmm. Jack Quinn has one goal in 12. Casey Middlestat has one even point, even strength point yeah. the entire season 
And Victor Olofsson has no points in his last four games on the ice for six goals against and only one goal for. These are, yeah, am I cherry picking? Sure. But I'm curious when I say these things, what kind of response it prompts from you on each individual. Okay, well, what it prompts for me is let's just look at the Boston game, which is the most recent game in my mind to look. I remember Peyton Krebs in the slot uh, looking for a pass option. Shoot, shoot, Peyton. And we he's talked about it on Sabres Live about how he's wanting to shoot more. But I think that uh, he's reverting to some old habits. And there was a time where he started to shoot more. Six shot attempts, seven shot attempts in the game. There was a three or four games stretch there where he was shooting a puck more. Now looking to pass, right? So that to me is one. You mentioned Casey Middlestat. Um, we see the jump that he has killing penalties. Where's that jump five on five? Is there too many players on the ice five on five that he he overthinks and doubts himself that he can take a step forward and attack the net? Um, he's played mostly in the corners. That's where I see Casey Millstat digging pucks out of the corners, the offensive zone. Where's the slot? Where, where are you making yourself open? And I think with Victor Olofsson, after the Vegas game, when Don Granado said, our more experienced players are the one that failed us in this game. We, we look like a young team because our more experienced players didn't really give what they were supposed to give. The first guy was Alex stuck on that list. And we talked Jeff Skinner a little bit, but that they're going to have some bad games. It happens sure. to everybody. Of course. Right. But somebody that I feel needs to give more as an overall game is Victor Olsen. So now there's times where he's going to score five goals in five games. And we're going to say, well, Victor is what it is. He's a goal scorer. But right now you got to give something more. I remember and quick story, Duffer. Danny Briere and I were in Philly, right? And Danny was struggling. A reporter came to me and said, Marty, what do you see in Danny's game? And I said, oh, I think Danny's staying a little bit more on the perimeter. But the, the thing with Danny is that he his game doesn't allow to say, hey, if I don't score or if I don't uh, produce, mm -hmm. then I'm going to give a big hit. I'm going to block shots. I'm going to kill penalties, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember the, uh, the the article came out and the next day Danny came to me. He goes, what? Like, what, why don't you come to me and say me, say those things to me, right? Instead of saying in the paper. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm sorry, but I, that's how I felt. And it was just a question. I didn't really think it was a negative thing. Like I was trying to give you props and you're a production-based player mm -hmm. and you don't have a lot of other things to your game. Well, Victor is the same way. Yeah. He's a production-based player. Mm -hmm. And if you're not producing, well, if you're not giving me, a battle one-on-one -on -one off the wall or in the corner or or a block shot or something, right? Like, we don't see you at all. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, it's it's not a it's not a case of trying to be overly critical here. It's just it's it's presenting facts. And and you do you well, chose you chose to ignore Quinn there, which is funny because Oh, yeah, Quinn, that's the guy but, I forgot. Hang on, because Quinn was with Cousins and Paterka, and they were lauded for their strong overall game. Yeah. And I mean, they probably reached the height of frustration more than anyone else because they should have been able to produce more against Keith Kincaid. It just didn't happen. We get it. That happens. But how do you, like, is is it worth keeping that trio together? And or, well, let's just answer that one first. Yeah, it's worth keeping that trio together because, again, 
look, that's going to be a young line, right? Mm -hmm. Paterka, Quinn, Cousins more ex experienced, but Same still a young still. line, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he's barely. 21, he's just like them. Yeah, barely, oh. but more experienced. He's not, you know, I can't say he's older, just more experienced. But mm -hmm. um, you put him in the right spot to succeed. They had chances against Boston. Like the save that King Kane made on Jack Quinn when Quinn came back to the back end and whatnot. Like, how did he not score that early in the third period? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, that was back of the net labeled and it didn't go in. But but are you getting, like you said, Middlestead and Olofsson and Tuck and, and Skinner uh, to jump and, and produce? I'll even say Vinny Hinnestroza for that matter. Like he's a more well, The fourth line guy. is certainly not producing much offense. Um, yeah. And maybe and that's, it, that's not, I guess, surprising, but when everybody else dries up a little bit, <laughs> that, that's when you're leaning on anyone and everyone. And, and, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, Vinny's had some nice offensive numbers this year, but he's probably better suited down in that fourth line role. I mean, no? who did we see Tampa scoring, right? Nick Paul and Perbix and whatever. Like, you need yeah. the guys to step up if your top well, guys you are not going to go. Back go. that far back. Jake Sporrell just scored his, Zaborrell just scored Sporrell. his first goal too. Like, I mean, this, and it, this who is, was in this front is of a the tiresome storyline of other Who was in front of the net? Scoring their first goals. Yeah, I know. Nick Foligno, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, but Nick Foligno's had a terrible start to the season, and now it's starting to, to come back a little bit. But yeah, look, you you can still get a little production from your fourth line. Uh, but the big thing for me, okay, and and I, okay, critical on, on Mitzi, critical on Victor, critical on, on Tuck against Vegas, whatnot. Um, and, and people are going to say, whoa, 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 what about the goaltending, right? And mm -hmm. I'm going to say, okay, I've been defending the goaltending, and, and there was – Definitely, um, they were playing better than their expectations, which was good. Now I'm going to say there's no I in team, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a team, right? And the goalies are part of this team right now because in the last five, okay, when you look at the goals save above expectation last five, mm -hmm. Comrie gives up a half a goal a game more than expectation. And Craig Anderson gives up two-thirds of a goal more than expectation in what is the team's last five. So Anderson played two and Comrie played three. That is 43rd and 48th in the league out of 65 goaltenders that have played in the last, you know, week and a half, the five games stretch that yeah. the Sabres have played. So you, you got to put them in with the rest of the group. Like, this is not good enough right now. We're in the first five games of the year. Comrie was saving a goal a game and Anderson was saving 1.3 goals a game. They were second and third, mm -hmm. right? So then there you go. Like but there's no I in team. There, there wasn't anything at, at all wrong with Craig's game on Saturday, was there? No, there, there wasn't anything wrong with Craig's game on Saturday, but I don't think Boston brought a lot of offense to the game. They had 15 shots after two periods. They had five, five in the first, and for the better part of the second, they had only five. So yeah. it's going to be hard to boost your your goal save above expectations when the, the numbers are that low. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, all I'm saying is it's still – at the end of the day, you're still 43rd and 48 in goal mm -hmm. save above expectation. Like I always say, it's easy to make 46 saves on 51 shots and give up five goals and say, I played pretty well. Right. I gave up five on 51. Can you give up one in 25? That's the mm -hmm. difference, right? That's where the, the quality goalies are made when you can, boom, lock it down like that. Yeah. So wh what are you projecting then? For this tandem based on, you know, the two types of uh, stretches we have seen in this young season. Okay. Well, uh, 
I think they need uh, help. Uh, and, and I'm not saying defensive help. And I think Henry Yokiaru is close to returning, right? Mm-hmm. And Kale Clegg has been loaned back to Rochester, which would tell you that Yokiaru is is close to returning. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, so what do I do? I'm like, okay, let's look at the first five games when Yokiaru was in for four of those games and see were we better defensively as a team? Were the Sabers better defensively as a team five on five when Yokiaru and Samuelson were there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the last five, I said they gave up 2.44 expected goals at five on five in the last five per game. Well, in the first five, 2.36. That's 28 in the league and now 29 in the league. So for those that are saying, oh, when Yoki Aryo and Samuelson are going to come back, defensively, they'll be better because they were really good early. The only right. thing that Yoki Aryo and Samuelson helped with, to be honest with you, was the offense. Mm-hmm. They they were expected a half a goal more per game in the first five game of the season, probably because of being able to get the puck out of the zone transition right. game with Yoki Aryo and Samuelson. But defending wise, it the numbers were about the same. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm expecting when I say, okay, get Yoki Aryo back, get Samuelson back. Maybe Darlene and Power don't have to play 29, 30 minutes. So the 24 minutes that they play, I have more quality and, and emphasize on, on getting good scoring chances. But the only way I see the Sabres really push themselves out of it is going to mm-hmm. be by starting to produce offensively. Yeah. Scoring one against Boston, one against Arizona. And I know you're going to say four against Vegas, three against Tampa and Carolina. Okay. Yeah. But it still wasn't great offensive games. Five on five, not there. So that's the only way out. That's to create five on five. Do you think we're going to see any dramatic roster move between the Sabres and Rochester? No, not no. yet. Okay. And I look, uh, are the next five games huge for the Sabres in a sense that, you know, you go three yes, and two. I'll you're answer back, it right now. Yes. <laughs> you go three and two, you're back to 500 at the 20 game mark. Yeah. You go four and one. Well, okay. Then you're. Uh, 11 and nine, right? You're two games over 500. You, mm-hmm. you Maybe you take a few overtime. Maybe you go three, one well, and one. Like it just, uh, all I'm saying is that the next five games are huge and that will decide if there's changes to be made or recalls or certain personal changes. Right now, I don't see it until the next five games. Okay. So I won't, I won't push you on it then. Um, well, no, but are you thinking more of a veteran no, like recall I, I, and then no, maybe a Quinn and Krebs it, it, going? It, it has nothing to do with who would come up and everything to do with who is still eligible to go down because that's now the worry. When you have a team that's not scoring, people oh, immediately yeah. go, well, Krebs is still eligible. Maybe he yeah. needs a confidence boost. Quinn, while maybe playing well, isn't producing yet, so maybe he needs a confidence boost. And then there's JJ, who everybody seems to love everything about right now and i'm not here to pick holes in them mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just i'm just like anybody and everybody is is able to step up here and add a little bit more to the offensive plate or maybe we should just spend the entire time talking about tage thompson <laughs> like honestly uh, what are we witnessing here we saw it all through the final couple months last year as he stayed among the absolute league best in scoring to close out his year and he's doing it again now as a top five goal scorer in the league well, if we just t- talked about Tate Thompson, we'd be like talking about you know all the rainbows and all the lucky charms that are exist, right? Oh, go oh, ahead. Yes. What number does he wear? Seventy-two. 
Happy 72nd birthday, Gilbert Perot. That's true. You're right. Maybe that's the, Sorry, the I needed to the get boost. that in there. Maybe that's the boost that we need, right? But no, I mean, Tages, the guy is unreal. Yeah. Like from the, the goal he scored shorthanded against Boston of of willing himself past David Krejci and around Keith Kincaid and the same way he did that against the Oilers, which I had and already Detroit forgotten. from the slot, remember? For the Detroit hat-trick, from the slot, the game, big like bang boom. Oh my gosh. So I've amazing. already forgotten so many good goals because he has scored highlight real goals this year. He's made highlight real plays. Um, he is, wow. Uh, if people you know, thought, oh man, Tage has a slow start, right? And we asked, I asked Don Granado that question before the uh, the Chicago game. Is mm-hmm. Tage putting a lot of pressure on himself? He goes all the time. And I think Tage still puts a lot of pressure on himself, sure. even though he's producing where he is because he wants to win games. You can hear in his voice after the games. So what else is left then to discuss really quick here? Because you had a lot of questions coming into this podcast as far as is it the offense? Is it the defense? Is it the goaltending? Um, like, how much closer are we? And 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 was there any takeaway from Don post game against Boston? Because it, it sounded like he felt that there were some some unfortunate individual moments that that shifted the game in a way that he's now going to try to circle back with these players and say, you know, this this can't happen in this situation. All the while. He was recognizing like we were, it could have gone differently if they just cashed in on their chances, you know? So absolutely. So there's two questions that I have. Uh, One, even though the defense have been mostly injured and Mm -hmm. that's been the focal point, right? No Dallin one game, no Lubushkin at some point, no Samuelson and Yoki Aryu for now the better part of what these 15 games have been. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't think the defense is where the spotlight should should have should be or ever been. Power mm-hmm. and Dalene almost played 30 minutes against Boston and and I thought controlled the game when they were on the ice. And so have the game, you have it under control. Mm-hmm. I do think the offense five on five is nowhere near it needs to be. Okay. The goaltending has to be better. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, this they're at a crossroad right now. And I'm very interested to see what they do against Vancouver on Tuesday night at home right before going to Ottawa on Wednesday, mm-hmm. because I feel like the puck possession game is a great way to play the game. Mm-hmm. When you have players that are good at puck possession, mm-hmm. meaning Dalene is good at puck possession. Power is good at puck possession. Tage Thompson is good at puck possession. But when Rasmus Asplund gets the puck on the wall and he tries to hang on to it an extra second and look for, you know, the the the, the center, low center, or the, the net front D to come up the ice, I'm thinking, Rasmus, your play is off the wall and out now. It's simple. And I'm I'm really interested to see if, as Don pointed out after the game against Boston, if the the team structure shifts a little bit and it becomes an individual structure where some players are allowed to do certain things and some players are not. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like that's the way I remember it. Like you give a little bit more leeway to certain players to make plays and maybe mistakes are going to be made, but some players don't have that, that, that room for, for mistakes. And I feel like right now as that everybody's had the room for mistakes, but that may shift in the way that Don Granado sees where he wants his team to go. 
Yeah, everything we've just said, um, it, it paints a picture of where they're at, which is over the last five games. The one stat that I, I didn't use yet was kind of ties in with what you were just saying, and that is despite the five straight losses in that window, they are top five in the league in shot attempt percentage mm -hmm. at five on five. So to your point, they've got the puck, they've got the puck, they've got the puck, but you need the right guys with the puck <laughs> to actually finish the plays when you're possessing. So it's or it, does your analytics department tells you, hey, this is about as bad as you can come out in a five game stretch with mm -hmm. having all the metrics go your way. Do okay. you stick with it because long term it's going to work? Now, this is where my eye test doesn't match the numbers. I say, hey, maybe the numbers hide a little bit of what is actually going on. And that's where the discussion, I know Kevin Adams and his hockey department, they mm -hmm. talk about it all the time and they have to be in agreement. Everybody, if the analytics department and hockey strategy department says we're, we're fine, but coaching staff says, I'm looking at the games and reviewing the tape. We're not, they talk it over and they come up with a solution, right? Do we stick with it or do we change some things? Me personally, I wouldn't stick with it. I would change some wrinkles to it, but maybe they decide, hey, it's like winning 10 in a row, but your metrics are all on the wrong side. You know, it's coming back to kill you at some point. Well, this could come back to be successful as well. I'd like to give a tip of the cap to Beck Warm for a sensational showing this weekend. Uh, I know it may not feel that way without a victory in either of his two appearances with the Amherst, but to endure the travel and enter a awful situation which was a flu-ridden crease and you know trying to hang on for dear life in the third period on Friday and then play spectacularly I thought in Belleville on Saturday only to lose in a shootout mm -hmm. um he's now back to Cincinnati and I hope he takes with them um a, a ton of confidence from two points well earned for the Amherst given their goaltending situation and even though I never got to meet him I did love the transaction. The um, e-bug the e was in effect on Saturday. Uh, the backup for, for Beck Warm was Leif Hertz, who was playing Canadian college hockey in Durham yeah. region and, you know, got brought down the highway to back up. He's been released from his tryout. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's uh, amidst the chaos, I'm sure there were some great memories for those guys. Yeah, and once again, they're like looking at e-bug in Rochester and looking for goalies. Uh, yeah, the flu... Uh, Ridden uh, crease was tough with UPL, Malcolm Subban, and then Michael Hauser, all kind of Hauser Friday night actually cramping up, right, Duffer? Yeah. So uh, Beck Warm coming in, that was a great story. Now, um, I don't know if that's like about to wrap up the pod, but there's a it couple is. of- I'm leaving like, I don't... Last, last tidbits are always for you So, now. okay. Hockey Fights Cancer Saturday night, so many- uh, amazing story, Melissa, Sophia, the whole, like we, we print out so many, um, uh, loving people, right. That, uh, that have either are in the fight or have lost their battle or have won their battle. Like it was just amazing to once again, feel all this, this love and these people that are supporting one another. It was awesome. And, um, I'd be remiss to not talk about Borea Salming in Toronto and what, an emotional, emotional weekend it's been. Uh, the Leafs legend who, you know, came over from Sweden to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs and endured such 
hatred and atrocity when he played a stuff as nails still to this day the highest scoring leaves defenseman in their history uh, is in a battle with ALS and uh, you could see it in his eyes that he sees understands knows what's going on but his body is breaking down and it was so heartbreaking gut-wrenching whatever you say do yourself a favor go on YouTube it Google it uh, the, the ceremony on Saturday night was uh, was beautiful and uh, Daryl Settler in tears and Lanny McDonald in tears on Friday night and the Leafs starting six Swedes Saturday uh, at their home game um, is a good, good salute to Borja Salming and what he's done for uh, Swedish hockey players. Yeah, it was really well done. All part of Hall of Fame weekend in Toronto. So the 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 fact that so much of the hockey world and so much greatness within the hockey world was around to embrace Borja mm -hmm. at this, again, unimaginable, just really really heartbreaking time for the hockey community there's no question about that marty we 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 did our best to uh acknowledge so many um you might know that i'm feeling just a tad guilty because the reason i'm able to be a part of these hockey fights cancer nights is because of my mom yeah. so i was really hoping Ilya labushkin could have scored on saturday because he wears number 46 and mom is 46 and a half years cancer free right now. So I was wow. really hoping to weave that into the storyline. But, uh, you know, as always, uh, she, like so many, um, was with us for the experience of that night. And uh, and we look forward to, to many more to come. Folks, thanks for watching Sabres Live Overtime. We'll be back on the air in regular fashion on Tuesday.